What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Green Bay Narrative, a show where it is my job each week to sit down with a different fan to hear their stories. As always, I'm your host, Ben. On today's episode, the very last episode of the Green Bay Narrative, I sit down and have a conversation with Wade. Uh, The difference in this episode compared to most is Wade is doing the interviewing. He is capturing my story. So a lot of the people that listen to the podcast always message me or email me saying, hey, when are we going to hear your story? Now is the time. Uh, I was saving episode 50, the last episode, just to, to put out my story out there. So during our conversation, we talk about the podcast, we talk about the page, Uh, We talk about the website, the future, plans for content. We also talk about how we became a Packers fan, how Desmond Bishop became my favorite Packers player, my favorite piece of memorabilia, my favorite game I've ever attended, and honestly, so much more. It was initially meant to be a two-part episode. We ended up making it a one-part episode, but it made it a really long episode. I think it's like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes or so. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I can't thank Wade enough for taking the time. If you don't know, Wade is a former roommate of mine, good friend, and was the guest on episode number one. So if you haven't listened to that one, uh, go listen to it after you finish this one. It was a really good episode. Um, without any more delay, let's get into the episode. people here i am with the green bay guy ben episode number 50 if i could get comfortable in my chair here i'm like sliding all over the place all right i think we're good so here we are this is uh (laughs) podcast episode number 50 50 and this may be the last one it may not be the last one but for now this is it no i think this is it i think this is the last one so ben I think this is an important question to ask to start us off here. How has the whole process been from podcast to the page? Um, let's enlighten everyone and, and talk about that. Yeah, um, it's been cool, man. Um, I don't know. So when I first started it, I never thought... I never had a plan to do a podcast. I never had a plan to now tr- you know transition to video. I honestly just wanted to help people who are coming to Green Bay. And I never once thought that people would care or have an idea of like how much people were going to just like reach out and how the like the relationships that I've built with people um, since starting the page. I mean, there's so many people. I can't even name them all. Uh, People like, you know, Corey in Australia uh, Mark in Florida. We got Tim um, in. God, where is Tim? He's in Ohio, I think, Cincinnati. Um, Katie in Iowa. Um, obviously, I'm leaving off so many people because I talked to so many people. Robert in Texas, and there's way too many to name. But I've I've made such good connections with so many people that I never thought about when I started the page. I never once thought that I was just going to, it was going to blossom into anything that it has. And then the podcast was all secondary in the sense that I never thought, I didn't think I'd be able to hear the cool stories that I did. Like I thought I'd I'd hear cool stories, but I never envisioned that I would um, sit down and talk with players or that I would talk to like Roy Melamans who 
got punched by Lombardi. It's just when you're when you're starting this, and and for anyone listening, like I think it's just a like go out and and tackle something or try to do something, even if you don't know how it's going to go or how it's going to be planned. Because I never thought that any of this would have transpired the way it did, just off of an idea. Um, and while everything I've done hasn't been successful on the page, like everything's been rewarding enough to the point where I'm happy I did it. I don't know. I just rambled on for no. That's good. Hour. I think that's what that's what people like to hear. Um, so I know you mentioned some of the names of the people who you've interacted with. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's so far been the most fulfilling or rewarding part is having those connections, hearing some of those stories, and knowing that you wouldn't have ever really connected with these people if mm-hmm. it wasn't for what you've done so far. Yeah, I mean. There's been people I've had on the podcast that it was like an instant connection from the moment we sat down and started talking that now, I mean, like Corey in Australia, we, we Snapchat every single day ever since like that podcast and without the podcast, he might've just interacted a little bit with me on the page, but now it's like legit I feel like he's a friend of mine and I'm excited for him to come to green Bay because I want to hang out with him and, and take him around town. And, um, you know, w- without the podcast, like without that, those types of things, it definitely wouldn't be as fulfilling. And like the players were cool. Like the players were cool to have on, but the players didn't feel that same level of like bond as like other fans because to them it was probably like a job now like um dwan harris he was awesome because he was just like you know he's retired you remember dwan from the stadium and stuff he was just always a cool dude and um oren was awesome um obviously chris jackie was awesome uh don Beebe was cool they're all cool in their own way um the thing with the players and not not dwan by any means but with the other players i felt like i was on a time crunch more with fans, fans were excited to tell their story. It wasn't a, I was burning them. They were coming to me and wanting to tell their story. So I was very honored. Like I get to be the one that asks the questions. I get to be the one that shares the story. So that was very fulfilling. I guess what's some of the feedback you've gotten? I know from just like Facebook and stuff like that, but I guess in relationship first to just the podcast, I know you get feedback from the people who you've spoken to, mm-hmm. um, but share some of that in regards to what the people have said about, you know, sharing their stories and what they've gotten from hearing other people's other fans' stories. Yeah, um, you know, I think it was Maggie that said it best. Was it Maggie? I'm pretty sure it was Maggie, but she said anytime. There's a podcast. She wants to know their Twitter because after listening to them tell their stories, they felt like they immediately knew the person and wanted to interact with them more or follow them on Twitter and, and know them more. So, you know, people just love telling their story. And um, I mean, I'm enjoying this right now. I'm, I'm usually on your side of it where I don't get to ramble as much, but people love telling their story. Um you know, and, and people love, they're excited to tell others that their story is going to be out there. You know, um, 
it, it's just a cool thing. I mean, I think everyone has a different path they've taken and people are excited for people to know their paths that they've taken uh, along the way, especially in fandom. I mean, even if they're not Packers fan or the um, friends of the people aren't Packers fans, it's still like they like hearing the stories and they like, cause everyone's got cool stories and, and everyone lights up when they tell their story because it's it means a lot to them and they relive i mean i remember yours your episode number one episode, episode number, number one. one i remember like talking to you about the basement crew and it, you can just see the person like start glowing now not on the phone the phones are a lot harder to do or skype and that's why mainly why i want to transition this podcast because i want to do more in-person video ones because there's just another element to it and the vibe is better in person usually some sometimes uh people on the phone you have a a good vibe and you just absolutely knock it out so a couple of things i took away here um one was your comment you made about really just encouraging people if they want to try something new to do it yeah you might fail at stuff you're gonna fail at stuff Mm -hmm. But the experience is what shapes it into what it really is. Absolutely. You know, so a lot of people don't know this about me. Um, Some that know me personally do. I had a skateboarding company before. I had it for about three years. I lost probably $3,000. Failed miserably. Crashed and burned, especially when I moved to Green Bay. But I wouldn't change it at all. I learned so much from doing it. And the same goes with this. Um, I mean, this podcast, I wouldn't call it a success by any means. It was successful to me in the sense that it was fulfilling and I enjoyed doing it. Um, but it wasn't successful by metrics. I mean, uh, even the player episodes didn't get that many. I think you're one of the top episodes. Adam O'Connell, uh, is one of the top, I think Adam's the top episode. But so from a metric standpoint, it wasn't really that successful, but from a, the people who listened week in and week out, they loved it. You know, some people are pretty bummed to see that it was leaving and uh, part of me is bummed. Part of me is excited for new opportunities because it's tough to find a new guest every week that has a different enough story that it stands out enough. Right. You know, and as a listener, some of the feedback I've gotten going back to your kind of you, t- you talked about feedback a little bit some of the feedback I, i've received is it's tough to know what you're getting into when you come into an episode because you have an episode with you and we have that good rapport because obviously we we're living together at the time so I, I, obviously we had that good rapport we've known each other for a long time and then you transition to another episode where i don't know the person and there's a big age gap and they were just not on the same wavelength or that same vibe and the the episodes off and so it was tough to ride that roller coaster for people who listen week in and week out because you don't know what you're going to get so those are kind of some of the things I'm I'm looking to adjust and change going forward that's I don't good. think that answered your question. No, that, def- no, <laughs> that definitely did. I was trying to remember my second question yeah. or, or comment. And from being, an li- being a listener and I think... And number one. Yeah, number one episode number guess. one. But I think your comment of 
being able to like see the person glow or mm-hmm. know what really makes them excited and to kind of dig into that memory bank and talk about those special Packer related experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, that what that's what made me as a listener excited because I could relate to those special experiences, whether it's watching the game with the basement crew going to specific games, mm-hmm. meeting players, relationship with Pepra. I mean, like that stuff, knowing other people have similar but different mm-hmm. connections is what makes me feel connected to some other episodes and some other people who share their stories with you. Mm-hmm. What What do you think was the biggest drawback to the podcast? I know we've talked about this before. I just think it's difficult to, like you said, get something new week in and week out and to have people comfortable and just kind of telling their stories. Like, yeah, there's Packer fans all over the world, Mm -hmm. but to get people to tell those stories and then to keep that that base of people listening, Mm -hmm. it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, it depends on really who you have that follows your page, which you have a wide variety of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's different. I think in this, this day and age and what people will listen to, what they choose to do in their free time or when they're driving, whether it's listening to a podcast or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think there's so many, so many choices out there. It's probably, it's a good point. And I know we've talked to it. It's difficult because I feel like a lot of, other Packer podcasts and I know you will agree with this mm-hmm. because you know more about them than me is they like to talk more about like the current Packer you know news whether mm-hmm. it's free agency games what have you and you decide to do something different that no one else is doing yeah and that's why I didn't want to go that route because there are so many people that do it at such a high level that like I, I'm not going to compete in that market. I I love Packers and I love talking Packers, but man, I'm not I'm not up to that level of a lot of other people when it's talking about like breakdown of schemes and breakdown of coaching abilities and and I'll give my opinion, but I'm not like a I'm not a coach. I'm not a I don't know. I'm just not that I'm not built like that, I guess. I can spit facts at you, I can spit dates and random things, but I'm not gonna be able to like, oh yeah, and cover two you know, like I just not so that's why I wanted to do this route. And I think a lot of people enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I got to hear a lot of cool stories. And those stories are now always going to be available right yeah yeah they're not they're not going anywhere they'll still be on the website they'll probably get hidden a little bit more because right now they're on the home page i'm going to be restructuring my website um just to kind of showcase more of what my game plan is in the future and what i'm looking to do um but you know i had to sit down and do this episode because i got so many people that were like i want to hear your story i've heard all these other stories i want to hear your story so um, I was like, all right, well, we'll do episode 49 and 50 of my story or just episode 50 or what, whatever. I don't know how long we're doing this. I know. Um, 
I don't know if we're hammering out one or two, but well, I think this is a transition point to start talking about some <laughs> Packer Packer stories and yeah. and get some details in regards to uh, some special moments that you've had with not interactions with people from the podcast to your page, um, but more, I guess, going back in time and. There's a random piece of paper in my shirt. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah, going back in time and let's talk about some of the good stories. Yeah. Where do you want to begin? Where do you think? Training camp? I uh, gotta gotta keep it traditional. I think we should. No, we gotta keep it traditional. The podcast. Like I always ask two questions first. Where are you from? And how'd you become a Packers fan? Well, people. Yeah. Gotta keep ben, it. Where are you from? <laughs> Yeah, is this in your bio? I don't know if it is or not. Uh, so I'm originally from Menominee, Wisconsin, which is about four hours from Green Bay. Moved to Green Bay four years ago, and I should I should elaborate. This room is quite empty right now because I just bought my first home. I close a week from tomorrow. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll already be done. But Wade currently lives in Pennsylvania. He's here visiting this week, and I was like, hey, wait, I need you to interview me. No one better to interview me. Um, and you and I had already done an episode together. That we did. Uh, that was just audio right before you were moving away, but I decided I wanted to do a video one. Yep. So, um, But yeah, so that's where I'm from. And then how I became a Packers fan. So it goes back to, man, I don't know how old I was, four or five maybe. It's probably 19, 1995 would be my guess. I was probably five years old and I was living in Minnesota at the time when I was really little. We lived in Minnesota for a brief period of time. I wasn't born in Minnesota, but uh, we lived there from when I was maybe like four to eight. I don't know. Uh, not, not too long. And my mom took my brother and I to the store to get our first jersey. She presented me with three options. She presented me with a blue one, which was the Dallas Cowboys. The purple one, which was yeah, obviously the Vikings. And then the green one, which was the Packers. And and my favorite color is actually blue. Um, so I looked at the jerseys and I was like, boys don't wear purple. That's an easy one. Like, that's cut. Um, I'm... I'm surprised I didn't go blue. My favorite color is blue, but I was like, that number four jersey, that one's all right in my book. So then I I, I got that. Um, I you know, it's weird. I don't remember watching games, but I know I was a fan of the Packers because um, I had a cheese head. I had my Favre jersey, and I remember Super Bowl 31. My jersey, it was the old screen print one, washed it and dried it so many times that it was like streaking mm -hmm. like like the nameplate was like wearing out the numbers were wearing you could just peel off yeah <laughs> you could just strip them off yeah but i remember that being so worn out and i was wearing my cheese head during super bowl 31 that's the first moment i remember like looking back watching a game and then i remember watching super bowl 32 and not being as happy yeah i was only four years old for super bowl 31 and five for super bowl 32 so yeah you don't you probably don't even remember super bowl 31 I, at all then no but i remember my dad had the vhs tape and i'm not kidding you i watched that 
I would say comfortably over 200 times, <laughs> like full game. Commercials were already fast forwarded through. So <laughs> did he just record it VHS himself? Like, yeah. Did he just like, like Super Bowl party? Hold on, everyone. Stop. I got to pause it. You know, that's a good, I should probably ask that question, but I'm surprised that I didn't like just wear that thing right out because yeah. I watched the game so much. Like, so you still have it? Jimbo yeah. still got it? Yeah. And That's then yeah, awesome. Super Bowl thirty two as well, and I watched it once, and I had never watched it again. I'd be curious to watch it. I haven't watched it since it aired. I'd be curious to watch it again to see how well or poorly the Packers played in certain aspects, and yep. how well or poorly the Broncos played in other aspects. Because those games, you like, you just put away, and you don't do anything with them. Like in your mind, you just put them away. Yeah. Like. Like the Seattle game or the 49ers game, those painful losses, you just you just put them away. Yeah, don't even deal with. I think I'd be more okay with Super Bowl 32 than say like the NFC Championship game because I was so young at the time that yep. it feels so distant. But I'm sure it's probably still a, not a fun game to rewatch. Maybe I should get the VHS. Yeah, tape and bring we'll just it back. we'll have we a watch it. We'll uh, go live on Facebook Live and have a nice viewing party for Super Bowl 32. Ooh, I don't know how many people would be into that. <laughs> I guess after the season we had this year, I guess yeah. might as well just uh, just let it roll. But what I do remember from Super Bowl 32 watching that VHS tape one time was I think the Packers really had some bigger plays, some good moments. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the Broncos played really well as, as a team. And I think one of their main strategies was to shut down Leroy Butler. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Well, and Reggie was hurt that year. Mm-hmm. He played in the game, but like he he had a serious injury that was supposed to like sideline him for the rest of the year, and he came back like three weeks later. But he wasn't the same Reggie White as like before the injury. Yeah. So that was part of it. And then Trell Davis just ran all over the place. Yeah, they gassed our defense. Yeah. I think the first half, Trell Davis didn't have a whole lot going on. No, I think he got concussed. He got yeah. knocked out of the game early and came back. If I remember right. Man, I can't believe we're just talking about this right now. It's <laughs> so depressing. Oh, tough. So what's next, Ben? I mean, you usually run these podcasts. Yeah, you're the... What, what, you're, what do you want to transition we got the, we got to? The, we got the the start out of the way now. So now it's just it's free open, game. It's open, free game. It's free game. Yep. Well, let's tell a good story. Tell a tell training a- camp story. Tell a game story, whatever you want. Uh, tell a game story. I know you're. You got to be more specific. You're you're leaving this door open. Hey, well, training camp story. I mean, that's where you and I met. Yeah, was training camp. Good times. Um, those were like. God, I don't even remember how that went about. You hate to say the good old days, but yeah. Gosh, I don't, fun. I don't, I don't remember how that went about though. I think it had to have been like Steve Tate or someone. That we both knew we somehow must have bumped into each other or connected. Either that or... I know we were both on Twitter quite active at the time. Yeah. And I think we tweeted at one another or or you introduced yourself to me that we follow each other on Twitter or something. I think it was something like that. I don't think we had any outside influence. It was just like us running into each other. And then we connected... At Lambeau, right? At yeah. training camp after mm-hmm. we had previously connected on Twitter. Yep. And then we found out, okay, we both just love the Packers. We love the whole experience of meeting players, mm-hmm. autographs. Yeah, and then we just started hanging out more at, at Lambeau. And then 
the one year you came up here for like a week for when I first moved here, you came up here for like a week oh, for the training camp. It was hot. We had such a routine. Every single day we'd get up super early and we'd get up we'd get up super early, go to the go to training camp, uh, try to hammer out some autographs, and then when they went to practice, would watch it for a little bit, and then would come back, would crash and take a quick nap, and then would head back to the stadium to to wait it out all the rest of the night. The good old nightcap. Yeah, like that was that was a fun week. It was. That was a good time. You know, and we we did it a couple times and then you ended up moving here. I'm trying to think if I have any like I don't I'm, when you say training camp story, it's so open that I can't think of anything specific. I don't have anything crazy like you and your Josh Sittens at training camp anyway. I honestly can't think of anything. I mean, I, training camp has always been cool. Um, training camps always felt like a family reunion. Um, you go there and there's so many people that you like and you only see once a year. But every time you see them, you're like, man, it's great seeing them. For me, that's always like when you get to see Kurt. Yeah. I know you sometimes see him more when he comes in for games and mm-hmm. stuff. But it's like that's when I get to connect with Kurt a little well, bit. You got you got Kurt, you got Cameron, you got Joe. Um, Kevin last year, Steve, the owner, um, man, I'm forgetting so many people. Adam, how do you forget Adam? Like Adam, Stacy, yeah, yeah Stacy. I mean, there's so many awesome people that you're just like, I'm so happy to see these people every single year. And, and now as I'm getting older, I don't enjoy the autograph side of it as much, um, Mostly because there's way too many people there and the people are obnoxious and I don't want to be in that same group. But, man, it's just great seeing those people and just hanging around them. And I think that's what I like most about being a Packers fan and living in this area is I get to see people and and we're like a family just because we cheer for the same team. Like, if not for us being Packer fans, like, we wouldn't know each other and you wouldn't have lived with me and potentially live with me in the future and like it's just weird how we're, we're just talking about it tonight how yeah that can shape your whole course of your life it really can off of one thing yeah and how many people that really the packers have influenced mm-hmm. whether it's moving to green bay or what have you mm-hmm. it's crazy that is crazy interesting I wonder if I should tell my, one of the questions I get asked a lot about Desmond Bishop, like how that whole transpired. I was going to ask it, so you already uh, opened I, that. I was, I was waiting for you to ask it. You already opened the can up, so might as well, uh, might as well talk about it. Yeah, so for a lot, a lot of people on my page probably don't know, but I used to help Desmond Bishop with marketing. Um, and I say that loosely. I don't think I was ever like... I mean, I helped him where he needed it, but I, I didn't do anything like super insane for him. I would help create an ad here or help at his events. Um, um, so back in 2009, before he was a starter, I, I'm trying to think what order this went in. I played him in Madden. This might be even 2008 at this point, right when I joined Twitter. I played him in Madden on Xbox Live. And I talked to him for 
quite some time. You know, obviously playing him in Madden, you're playing a whole game, you're you're talking to him, and he was such a cool dude. And like, kudos to him because I was asking those stupid questions. You know, when you're a younger kid, like I was quite starstruck. I never talked to a, a professional football player. I never met one at the time. Um, like I said, I, I grew up over on the other side of Wisconsin. My family's all Vikings fans except me. So, uh, or I should say like my dad and my brother, um, both big Vikings fans. I had never met any players, let alone talked to any. So here I am. That was your first interaction for football player. Yeah. That was my first interaction with a pro football player. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, um, I had, I don't even think I had started collecting yet. Like I literally was just like, I was a Packers fan. I had like a Ryan Grant jersey, but I wasn't like a fan like I am now. Um, so I was playing him in Madden and I was, you know, you're asking all these stupid questions and I was so like dumb. I remember like, Oh, have you, have you Lambo leaped yet? Like, he's like, no, I was pretty much a rookie the other year and I haven't gotten any playing. Like he didn't answer it like that, but he was like super cool about it. And I was just like bouncing off all these just you're looking back on it, just dumb questions, but I'm sure questions that he probably got asked a lot on Xbox Live. So I got off Xbox Live. He he crushed me the first game. Just dude was doing defensive um, adjustments like you wouldn't believe. I'm just like, what the hell's going on? I had no idea. I couldn't read his defenses or anything. And But I got done, and I was like, man, that was really cool. What a cool guy. What a cool guy to take that time. And... So not not too long after that, I had a friend over and we're drinking a little bit. This was obviously before I was 21 because I I didn't drink when I was 21. I'm like I don't really drink now ever since turning 21. Um, and we're drinking a little bit and in, I was reading like Chuck Norris facts. I was a little tipsy and I was so influenced by Desmond being cool that I was like. I'm going to just start saying them about Desmond because his, uh, his user tag or his Twitter uh, or no, his um, Xbox Live gamer tag was like be- Beastie Bish. So like, I'm like, oh, he's a beast, you know. Um, so I started doing Chuck Norris facts at him, but instead I was like changing them and um, and he really liked that. And this was about the time where this goes back to our earlier um, conversation of like, if you don't know how to do something or you're worried about how it's going to turn out, just do it. Um, cause one morning I got up, I don't, I don't remember why, but I got up and I was like inspired. I was going to build a website and I was like, I'm going to just build a website for Desmond. So like literally it's like probably seven 30 in the morning. I don't know why the hell I was up so early, but I'm like Googling how to build a website. And I find like wix.com and I build this terrible website, like the worst website ever, like so bad. And I buy the domain. Um, I think it was, I think it was does uh, does Bishop fifty five or Beastie Bish fifty. I buy some some domain and I like make this website go live. And you know, I I tweet at him about it, and he was so hyped on it. And he was interacting with me a fair amount at that time, just because of the Desmond Bishop facts and and then this growing of like me helping him with marketing. And he still wasn't even a starter yet. Um, and then Matt Ramage, this goes, this is how far Matt and I go back. Matt tweets him one day after he's interacting with me and he's like, Oh, you guys talk so much. Like, why don't you just follow the guy? 
And like Desmond's like, yeah, I think I will follow the homie. And like because of Matt, Desmond followed me. And then we just kept we kept uh, just communicating there on Twitter for a while. And then I remember he trying to think the chain of events. He became starter, and um, the playoff game against the Eagles, where he had the Deshaun Jackson hit, the ball fumbles, you know, no, he tackled Deshaun Jackson, not fumbles. He did the the shoestring tackle. tackle. Yeah, the yeah. shoestring tackle. Um, I was watching Charles Woodson highlights today. That's what made me think of that. But he um, did the shoestring tackle. And I remember I was so hyped after that game, like adrenaline rushing, that I tweeted at him. And I was like, yo, Dez, like, would you sell me those gloves? And he goes, sell them, bro. You can have them. And so then he mailed me his gloves. And I was like on cloud nine. You know, when I got them in the mail, dude, I like, I drove. So they tried attempting to deliver them at my house and I wasn't there. Like I was just gone. I went to the store, came back, missed them or somehow I missed them. And so I literally called them that night, drove all the way to Eau Claire, which was like a 30 minute drive because I did not want to wait for the next day. Like I told him it was like something urgent that I needed that package and like, Pulled some strings essentially to get that package that night because I was like, I need to have these. Um, I can't wait another day, you know. And those and are from the playoff game? No. So they're not from the playoff game. He sent me a pair of game used gloves, not from that game. I was say, I didn't know that. No, I don't know what. I should try photo matching them sometime. I don't know what game they're from. They're not from the playoff game. I, I think looked. you wore the same style gloves over much every game, right? The playoff game, he's not wearing those gloves. Okay. Um, so I know they're not from the playoff game, but they're hard to, hard to spot. Hmm. So we're, so I buy his Jersey. Um, cause I was like, I'm, Oh no, I have it backwards. I already had his Jersey. I just bought his Jersey cause I got his Jersey. Um, I wore it for the first time for that playoff game. Mm-hmm. So I wore it that playoff game and all the way through the Super Bowl run. So like immediately once they won the Super Bowl, I'm like, I can't wear this anymore. Um, man, I'm so bad at telling this story. I'm all over the place on it. But I remember I was working a factory job right after the Super Bowl. Uh, I decided to enroll in college for marketing. And I was working a factory job. And I was thinking of like marketing. From a marketing standpoint, what like if, if I could do anything more for Desmond. I know I built him a website and he was using it and God bless his soul because that website was terrible, like I said. Um, And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, Bishop. I'm like just thinking and I'm like, like, Bish, please. Like just to play on the bitch, please. I'm just going to do Bish, please. So I made this shirt um, from the cutout of the game, uh, his first start in 2008. doing that stretched arm out after he had a sack against the Texans. And I, I photoshopped that nicely, not even Photoshop, but don't, or like the paint. I like erased everything and really carefully. So it looked nice. And I put Bish please across the bottom and I messaged him and he's like, dude, that's, that's cold. Like that's, 
That's that's awesome. So I ordered a couple. I sent him one. I sent one to me. It was a pain in the ass because I didn't really know about copyright infringement at the time. So every time I tried ordering one, it'd get shut down because they're like, oh, Packers logo, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So finally, I find this like knockoff site that made terrible shirts and they they were okay with it. And so they, they sent one to me and sent one to Desmond. And, and then honestly, um, his wife, well now wife, gained, joined Twitter. And that's where it all blew open because she uh, she like followed me immediately. I think she followed Desmond first and me second. Um, and like come to find out at the Super Bowl, he was doing interviews about me, talking about the the Desmond Bishop facts. Like all of his family, I started getting all these bishops following me because he was telling his family and telling these stories, and I was doing them around that time. But then Gita joined Twitter, and her and I were like talking all the time. And then it was like, well, why don't we, why don't we, you know, you're going to the Christmas game. We're going to the Christmas game. Why don't we sit together? And we got, um, I had like a, I got a gift from someone of a skateboard with Desmond Bishop on it. It was a custom one and Gita wanted one. So I ended up getting one for Gita. And so we go to the game, we exchange tickets because I had already purchased tickets we exchange tickets. She gives us ours so we can sit by her. And we're I'm walking back to my car to go tailgating. And she calls me and she's like, oh, what are you doing after the game? I was like, oh, I'm just going to go back to the hotel. And she's like, well, if you want to, we're going to be hanging out in the player's lounge afterwards. Feel free to join. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And so it was the Packers-Bears game Christmas 2011. Um, we sat like 50 yard line row two, uh, good game. It was, it was cool. I, to be honest, I probably one of the Packer games I least remember cause I was talking to Gita and, um, just getting to know her and, you know, and then we went up to at like halftime, we like went up into the booths and like whatever, you know, we didn't sit in our spots, but then after the game, we're walking and we go to the like spot where you go to go to the players lounge and there's a bunch of security and she just walks in and they're like, Oh, Hey Gita. And she's like, yeah, they're with me. So like, they all just like split. No questions. asked. No. And we all just go, we go downstairs and I was like, there's pictures everywhere. No photos, no autographs. Like on every wall, there's multiple signs, no photos, no autographs. And literally we sit down at a table there's coolers all over the place with like free Coca-Cola, free beverages. They had chefs making um, smoothies. You could go up and say, I want this fruit, this, and they'd make you a smoothie. And they had a buffet of food. And I'm sitting down, I, I had a Coke and I'm looking around and like Sam Shields and his whole family sitting at our table. And I go to, we, I go to make a smoothie or get a smoothie and I walk by Clay Matthews and his entire family. And then I'm like, look, and every time you look around, you see someone new, you're like, there's Donald Driver and his whole family. There's Aaron Rodgers talking to Mark Murphy with his family and his brothers. And you're just like looking around and there's just like all these larger than life figures, these people that you're just seeing on TV. Yep. And now they're all around the room right now, just hanging out with their families. And you're like, this is so cool. You know, and then, 
where Desmond was the like last one out because he was getting he had a hamstring issue going on at the time, which um, he battled a lot of that during his career. But he so he was getting a lot of work done, and we're sitting out in the lounge, like broke off into the separate area where they have the real Super Bowl trophies. So the ones in the Hall of Fame aren't the real ones. The real ones are down outside of the locker room. Um, every once in a while, you'll see a player post a picture of them. Like, they're four and whatever. So I'm sitting there looking at those, and um, someone almost runs into me. And I, like, adjust, like, getting out of the way, and it's Nick Collins. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, you're, you're good, man. And he, we're talking a little bit, and he's like, oh, so rude of me. I'm Nick. And I was like, yeah, dude. Like, I know I know who you are, man. I've been, I've been watching you. You know, and then I didn't actually say that, but I was just running through my mind. I'm like, oh, Ben. And then he's like, sees Gita. He's like, oh, Gita, how you doing? Like, just like they just start talking like they're old friends. Oh, what are you doing for for uh, Christmas? Oh, you can come over, you know. Um, so we're, we're doing that. And I think I was probably, it was a night game, but I was probably at the stadium until 1.30 in the morning. That's when Desmond got out. And so um, he got he came out and he gave me his cleats. Not from that game, but he gave me cleats from the Tampa Bay game. But I was at that game. Uh, that year so that was pretty cool uh and then he drove me back over to my car um so that's just one of the many stories that like desmond i've i've had the pleasure of like getting to know desmond now over charity events and when he was in green bay i helped him with a bunch of charity events i went out to california with charity events but i always like telling that story just to tell how generous and down to earth him and gita both are because they're they're just such amazing people and you remember from training camp getting his autograph was so easy. Like he always signed so much. So here's a fun story. I forgot. So it's one or one part of that story. It's one 30 in the morning. I knew you were going to come yeah. back to this. We're coming out of the stadium. It's cold. It's, it's Christmas Christmas. Well, now it's the day after Christmas. Cause it's one 30 in the morning. It's freezing out. We walk out. And I felt I felt like I was going to get in trouble by being in the player's parking lot, even though I was with the player. That's just where my mind was. And I hear someone go, Desmond. I'm like, what the fuck? And I look around, and there's one guy standing at the fence. Desmond's car is the only car in the entire parking lot. One guy sitting at the fence. Desmond. And Desmond goes, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, just says it to us. So we get in the car. Desmond pulls around, signs for him, like, have a good night, and, you know, Desmond drops us off, but, um, but he was always such a fan-friendly guy in that sense where you could get his autograph anytime you wanted to, and it wasn't even a challenge, um, but even still to this day, I have so much Desmond stuff signed, an insane amount of stuff, but I'll never get rid of it, like, that's, those are your memories, that's like, I still have my Bishop jersey framed, my, My Super Bowl jersey from the first time I met him. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Definitely. Especially this stadium experience and the players' lounge. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of my favorite stories that you've ever told me. Yeah, it was it was a cool one, and you know I feel like I feel like it all came full circle the couple of years ago when when Tony sold me that Desmond Bishop jersey. So Tony Tony sells me a Desmond Bishop game used jersey. And I end up getting it. I got it. I stole it from him. We talked about that in our episode together. 
Um, I stole it from them. I mean, I, I got it for like nothing, probably like 275 bucks, but it meant way more to me than it'll mean to anyone else. And come to find out it's from his first career start, which Houston. Yeah. It just goes full circle. And so now in my living room, uh, right now, currently anyway, until I move and it's in my packer room, I have my game used Desmond Bishop Jersey, which I sent to him to sign. Which so, is a story in itself. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll have to tell that one. And it's not as long of a one, but it's, it's a quick one. But So I get this jersey. I'll just tell it now. I get this jersey, and I, I reach out to Gita, and I said, hey. Actually, I didn't even have it yet. I said, hey, Gita, I might buy this jersey. If I do, can I pay you or can I pay Desmond to sign it? And she's like, you're not paying us. You can send it to us. We'll sign it. No problem. So I end up getting it. I mail it to them. And, oh, man, poor Gita and Desmond. Like, I was so paranoid the entire time. Yeah, you, were, you were going nuts. I, well, like, I was like... As you... I would do. I'm though. frugal, too. So, like, me spending 275 bucks on that, like, that's... I don't spend money like and that anymore. And more so, the... What I mean, what it is? Well, yeah, and the and the value of it. Like I was so scared that it was going to get lost in the mail. Um, be, that be, bothered you the rest of your life if you yeah, lost be, that. yeah, because you can't replace it. No. So he gets it. We confirm he gets it. I can breathe a, breathe a little bit, and so then she's like, "Okay, you know, a little time goes by because they're busy people." And so she texts me one night, "All right, we're signing it." Like, what do you want him to put? And so, like, he put. Um, Game used, his stats, the date, first career start. He threw on the Bish, please, signed it. And like, I sent, she sent me pictures of him signing it, videos of him signing it, pictures of him holding it, like holding it up, and then and sent it back to me. And now I have it in my living room with a picture. The, the picture that I used in the Bish, please shirt right next to it. And it's from that game. So it just goes full circle. Full circle. So it goes back to even if you don't trust your abilities, even if you don't know what the fuck you're doing and you have this gut instinct to do something, just do it. Like you're going to look back on it and later and be like, oh, like, yeah, it sucked or it wasn't as good of what I could, as what I could do now. But man, if that doesn't happen, if I don't do that, the rest never happens. Nothing else happens. The life, dominoes, life advice here, people. The dominoes don't fall. And think of how many of those dominoes fell over the years. Yeah, because then I got to meet. I got to meet No Pepra. I got to meet Donald Driver. I got to meet Aaron Rodgers. I got to meet all of these people because one domino fell. Like it's just. It's still like mind-blowing just thinking about it now and now i'm in green bay like does any of this happen if not for that might not you know i probably would at that time i was coming to green bay a lot but you never know you never know how the dominoes fall it's an awesome story yeah it's a long and i know one. there's not many people that we know that have connections with i mean in this case former players mm-hmm. that you have i mean that's i think that's pretty i think yeah, that's you and i special. both have them too which is the funny part and that's why you and i became such good friends i think because my favorite player was desmond yours was pepra they were good friends 
And so it was like, it was almost like we had to be good friends to fulfill the prophecy. Be wrong if we weren't. Yeah. <laughs> and then it all just went full circle on it. I don't know. Just, just crazy. What else you got? Bish, please. Bish, please. That's, I just, I just love those stories, especially the players lounge one and just that experience. I, I think a lot of people who are going to be listening, watching this are going to really enjoy that. Yeah. Gita told me not to tell that story. So I hope she doesn't mind that I told it now. Well, I mean, I've told it a lot. What are they going to do? Yell at her at this point. I don't think she gives a shit at this point. I think at the time she just didn't want me like bragging about it on social media, which I never did. I never, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. Maybe if they're currently with the team or something, then maybe it'd be more of a, I don't know. Yeah. I owe, I, I owe so much to Desmond and Gita and um, Desmond's family. Like when I went to California, man, they, they treated me like I was family. It was, it says so much about the upbringing. Um, you know, I flew up to California, helped with their football camp, loved every second of it. Um, got to stay with, uh, a, a lady that I met off Twitter actually named Jen. She's a, I think she, she was a retired school teacher at the time. Her and her husband let me stay out there. They picked me up at the airport um, got to see Kurt while I was out there. He was at the football camp with us and, um, we did all of that. And then we, I get back to Menominee and Desmond's parents sent me a thank you card for coming out. And I was just like, man, that's so cool. I probably still have it to be honest. Cause I was like, that's so cool. You know, you just, it just shows that he was raised right. You know, he was raised in a good family and his brothers are awesome. And it was, I don't know. It was a cool experience. It was a cool experience. I'm thankful I have it. And like we talked about before, it's the memories. Yeah. Like that's, you know, hopefully never lose those memories. No, I'm already, I'm already getting old. I'm already yeah. losing them. We're getting kind of That's scattered. why I got to do this podcast. We're getting kind of scattered brained and <laughs> we're not as sharp as we used to be. <laughs> I just ramble now. That's all I do. I'm we're, at the old man tangent. Yeah, we're getting old. I'm the old Need man. Need some tangent. coffee here to get our, yeah. uh, con- get some control in this thing. Yeah. yeah. So you've been living in Green Bay mm-hmm. for some quite some time now. Mm-hmm. We got we got about seven minutes before the camera shuts off again. All right. So let's see how this question goes. Well, so you've been in Green Bay now. You've been in this apartment for over four years. Just Three. about four years. Four years in March. I wow. moved in March of 2015. And you are going to be living in a house. Yeah. Which is awesome i know mm-hmm. a lot of people are excited for you i think a lot of people are excited to have a place to crash when they come to packers games yeah well and and it goes back to there's people i've met on the page now that i like met them in person out here and i've extended a hand like dude stay at my house for a packers game like you're always welcome at my place because i just i don't know i probably probably shouldn't say that but everyone's uh, welcome yeah everyone's just, just show up just show up no, but the, you, there's just people that you can tell that they're genuinely good people. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, you're more than welcome at my house anytime. Anytime. Um, like I told Corey from Australia, I was like, yeah, dude, you're you're welcome. I haven't even met the guy. Um, but I was like, yeah, man, you're welcome at my, at my house. And, you know, 
I don't know where I was going with it, but oh yeah, you said that uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. So yeah. I guess my question is, um, you've been here now for a while. Mm-hmm. We went to Lambo tonight because I've been living in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and we talked about once you live here for a while, which I lived here for a while mm-hmm. with you um, before I moved to Pennsylvania. Just like anything in life, you get kind of used to the change. You get used to, in this example, you get used to living close to Lambeau Field. Mm-hmm. It's a 10-minute drive or wherever um, you live in Wisconsin. You know, it's not going to be too, too far. I guess unless you're in Menominee or right. wherever. Yeah. Um, but with you being so close to Lambeau for the past four years mm-hmm. and you're going to continue to live in Green Bay, how has it been from when you first moved here to now in regards to, I don't want to say your excitement or or stuff like that, because when you first move here, it's like, oh, I can go there every day mm-hmm. and you do that. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, okay, you go there when you feel like it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say it's not as special, but it loses that. It loses something, right? Yeah. So that's a good, good question. I mean, since I moved here, so to put some context on it, before I lived here, uh, and you and I were talking about this a little bit tonight, before I lived here, whenever we'd come for autographs or come to to a game or, or come to Green Bay in general, you hype it up so much. I'm sure it was the same way with you. And right away, right away I'm thinking of the story about showing up for training camp and you're there at like oh, yeah. three in the morning I, I or whatever, yeah. throwing the football around security's like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely, t- I'll tell that. Uh, that's good. <laughs> I forgot it. I forgot to even mention that. So you get so hyped up. You get so excited about going to Lambeau field that you're just like the whole drive as you get closer, the anticipation's building and building and building. And then when you get there, it's like, we're here when you're here already. It's, it's, it's not that it's not the same because I, I made a pact that when I moved here that I wasn't going to take it for granted. When I go to Lambeau Field, I take a picture like every time I'm there because I'm like, I'm at Lambeau Field. This is like five years ago, if you had told me that I'd be living in Green Bay, I'd be like, no way. Like that's once again, goes back to the like, if you're if your gut's telling you to do something, do it because my gut was always saying like move to green bay but it's like well all my family's over here you know but then then i'm driving back 10 i was driving to green bay in the 2010 season i went to seven games that year i was driving to green bay like every weekend and i drive there and back in one day um that's a grind yeah and you know that you know that after games and it's just like you're drained but yeah you put all your energy into the game and now you're like i gotta drive back three and a half hours and there's drunk people out driving all over the place not ideal no i i saw so many people um my friend natalie and i were coming back from a game once and i had to call 911 because this drunk guy was just literally just doing an s in the middle of the interstate and i had to call 911 on him um because i was like this dude's gonna get someone killed and then of course he turned off and, and whatever but um so that story just kind of prove a point on how it works. Uh, my friend Travis and Dakota and I were going to training camp one year. And Travis, Dakota, and I went to training camp every year together for a while. And 
We're at Travis's house. It was the night before. It was probably 11 p.m. maybe. Maybe 10 p.m. And we're trying to go to sleep. And we're laying there. We're like, all right, we got to get up early. We got to get up early. We're laying there. And we're we're just all, you can just feel the excitement, you know. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, okay. Like, we can't sleep. And so one of us jokingly goes, should we just leave right now? And I was like, fuck it, let's go. And so like, we're like, really? Like, so we all just like literally get up, pack up our stuff, throw it in the, uh, throw it in the car. I'm trying to think what social media was popular then. I want to say it was like Instagram. Cause I think Travis posted something on Instagram. I mean, Instagram still popular, but, um, yeah. And so literally we just left at like 11 PM from Chippewa to go to green Bay. We got there at like two 30 in the morning. Only car in the parking lot. And this is for the opening of training camp. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So like excitement at all time high. And we have a football and we're throwing the football around and we're running routes and, um, I pull out my skateboard at one time and I'm kind of skateboarding around in the parking lot and then security's down in like immediate, like, so he comes down he's like, Hey guys, you can't be skateboarding out here. And we're like, all right, sorry. We're just rolling around. We weren't doing anything. We're literally just rolling around. He's like, Oh, it's no big deal. What are you, what the hell are you guys doing here? And we're like, Oh, we're here for training camp. And he's just like, it doesn't start for like another five hours. Like, what do you like? People don't even start arriving for another five hours. We're like, ah, oh, we couldn't sleep. So like the the thing I remember most, which is the most random thing, Dakota being like, I think he was, you know, I think he's a college kid at the time or what he was, we're all kind of poor at the time. He had like a cooler full of like lunch meat, like bologna and bread and cheese and like mayo or whatever. And he sits down on the asphalt. It's like three thirty in the morning. He sits down in the asphalt of Lambeau Field and makes himself a sandwich. And he's just sitting there eating a sandwich that he just made from all. The, it's just like like the picture of Dakota sitting um, with like um, I don't know what the hell cross legged or what, what making a sandwich. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, just making a sandwich. Um, just such a funny thing. You're just like. And that's stuff you won't forget. No, no, that, like those those images that you have in your mind. It's like, okay, the whole the whole probably training camp that day, and like all those like you know all the stuff that happens is great. But you go back to those moments with, you share with your friends. Yeah, I couldn't tell like, you a single autograph we got that year. See, I mean, really. So so really, the trip and the memory is the excitement. I remember by about noon. All of us were quite gassed. We're quite like at each other's throats because we're all fucking tired. You know, Travis, I remember Travis was really snippy and like Dakota and I were getting on his nerves bad. Understandably so, we're all exhausted. And like, I think, I think Dakota stayed at the stadium the entire time and I went back to take a nap and I think Travis came back with me. And so, like, that helped a little bit. But then later that night, then Dakota started getting cranky because he stayed. And he was in the sun all day. And, like, that was not a good start to the trip. That was the only downside of it. I felt like it it created, like, a rockiness to the trip right away because we're all, like, on each other's nerves from from the start. But 
we obviously had a great time and it was a blast and um but yeah looking back that's that's what i remember don't remember a single person's autograph i got but that's what i remember i can totally relate to the like the chippiness and the when you're out in the sun all day and mm-hmm. you don't sleep like even like the most calm and cool collected people that you're there with that just wears on you and you can just hit that point where it's like i need to just take a nap or i need to just disconnect from these people because it just becomes too much yeah well remember when we we're trying to get julius peppers autograph oh, one that day? was so wow. we we each bought a julius peppers jersey and well i should rewind because at the start of the camp we found out that's a story for your podcast but we found out peps was at the the real peps yeah yeah charlie 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 Charlie. um we found out charlie was interning for the packers and so that's your story go listen to episode one to hear wade's story on that episode one um but we're talking to charlie and no 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 that was the second year that was his first year of being hired on i got my i got my no 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 gypsy i got my uh (laughs) i got my uh a nice borat reference i got my um uh, years mixed up but so we're we're there and and pep sees us and like pulls over remember he like hard slammed on his brakes pulled over to see pulled us around next, yeah and he's like what's up boys and we're talking to him and he goes oh who are you guys trying to get this year and we explained we're like yeah we bought peppers jerseys we heard he's been signing a little bit we want to get him signed you remember what he said to us i think he said i got you yeah he said if, you, if you don't get them i got you yeah that's what it was and so we're like, well, Charlie, we're we're pro autographers, you know. We'll, Just we'll, give us yeah, another day or yeah, two. We'll, we'll get, get this. It. We'll get this. And that day, we literally sat out. It was the hottest day of the whole thing. We sat out from had to be like seven a.m. to whenever they left. I don't even remember when they left. But I think if, we bypassed a bunch of other players' autographs because we were just watching for peppers. We were focused, and then it was probably like five p.m. It was it was like later in the day, and Peppers went out the other door, yeah. and we missed him. And we were just cooked from the sun. And I was I remember I, we stopped at a we didn't have anything. Oh, the best drink we ever had you in know, our life. But that whole day we didn't have food, we didn't have water, we didn't have anything. <laughs> so we're like hot, thirsty, hungry, tired. Yeah, we went to that quick trip right by Lambeau Field, and that that I got a Snickers ice cream bar and a Gatorade, yep. and that was the greatest thing like i ever had see and when we talk about this and we talk about that training camp like one of the lasting images i'll always have and it's funny it's not really player related like i remember pepper coming up and mm-hmm. and that but like the most clear vision i have in my head is you with that snickers bar and just like <laughs> saying like this is the greatest and it's crazy because i've been to lambo of some of my other friends like tony and yeah. stuff and we've done the same stupid thing where we don't eat or drink anything all day. And then we drink something. It could be, you know, six, seven o'clock at night. And like, I remember my friend Tony's face too. And it's just like, he died and went to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, just if you want to really appreciate something, just go without it for the whole, like put yourself in that extreme condition and then you'll appreciate everything. Don't, I don't recommend it though. It's horrible. I don't know. I don't think, yeah. Well, yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun, but it's, Think about the times where you go out to the stadium 
or, or you go out to do autographs and it's freezing like absolute miserable cold and like when you get in the car and you go get like a hot chocolate you're like this is this is like bliss this is amazing i, I don't know i just think you appreciate it more when you when you go through the rocks a little bit to understand it yeah and some of the the autographs that you get from those harder um experiences i think you remember those a little bit better too and the players appreciate you and this is stupid to say but like they appreciate what you're going through yeah or the time that you put in especially like when players go in early in the morning and yeah you know i'll get you on my way out and you're like oh okay well they say that lots yeah and then some of them that actually will come over and, and sign for you and they're like well you you hung around here all day it's like yeah yeah we're nuts or uh i don't remember i don't remember who it was but we're out there when it was super cold one day it was like a thursday of an away game what no one was there it was freezing and someone came out and goes man what the fuck are you doing out here and i was like i'm here to see you and he like he laughed came over signed and like was just like hyped that i was sitting there waiting for an autograph and I don't know. I mean, as I get older, it's like not as I don't I don't do it nearly as much just because it feels weirder now. Um, but yeah, it's always fun. And going back to Charlie, though, Charlie hooked it up. We uh, we reached out to Charlie and he called us slackers or something like that. Remember, he like gave us shit about because we couldn't get him to autograph it. And so then we gave him the we gave him the jerseys and like a day later, he gave them back to us. Which is far better than the eight by ten I sent him. Yeah, I sent him an eight by ten for anyone listening. I love Charlie now. Um, he's always been a, a favorite player of mine just because how he's interacted. And I know a lot of people didn't like him when he played for the Packers towards the end, but that made me like him even more because you like an underdog. And I sent him an eight by ten, and I never got it back. And I was like, okay, cool. This was you know probably in two thousand twelve. Something like that. Yeah. 2012, probably 2011, maybe. And like a year and a half, two years ago, he messages me random on Twitter. Keep in mind, we follow each other now. I have his phone number and he direct messages me on Twitter and says, hey, I have this package here from you. I want to return. What's your address? Is it still the same? And I was like, what are you talking about, Charlie? And he sends me a picture of it. That's like my address from like 12 or not 12 years ago, from like 2011, 2012. So I tell him the new address and I was like, but man, you can, you can just throw it away if you want. Like I have tons of your autographs. I can come get it anytime. I can come pick it up from you. And he's like, no, I already, I already got some stamps ready. I'm, I'm going to mail it out. So six years later, I got my eight by 10 signed by Charlie Pepra. Never say never. Yeah. Never say never. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's been cool. I don't really know where I'm going on this whole tangent, but it's I don't been even cool. remember my first question. I think it was about. I think it was. Oh, about, it was about living in Green Bay. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, man. It's been it's been cool, but I I don't ever take it for granted. Like I, I go there and I, I'm really appreciate being there, and that's why like with my page, helps put it into perspective. People, people on the page like remind me how lucky i am you know they're oh i'm from brazil i really want to go to a game i'm from germany i've only been to one game you know i'm from wherever Mm -hmm. you know um 
Well, like Tom or uh, Tomer. Remember oh, Tomer yeah. from from doing the live streams. Yeah, from uh, oh, and the trivia Israel right? trivia Israel? too, right? Yeah, I think so. But I think he's from Israel. I'm pretty sure he's from Israel. I can't remember. Um, but like Tomer's like, yeah, I want to go to I want to go to Green Bay, and it's just like it it really helps you put in a perspective of like all these people are wanting to come here you know like linda who i think she's from like the new york area i don't remember where she's from but you know she she'll be like oh when i come to green bay i want you to give me a tour and i'm like yeah absolutely um anyone anyone reaches out to me like i'm if my schedule aligns i'm cool to do so because i appreciate people and like this is my city now like i feel happy to be here Green Bay, Wisconsin. Green Bay. Love it. Well, that was good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I think everyone will enjoy that as well, I would hope. If not. Yeah, probably not. They're not listening anymore. They shut it off like probably 25 minutes ago. There's someone there. <laughs> <laughs> no, just that one person. Yeah, we'll have to. I might, I might end up watching and, this like 20 yeah, years from now. Yeah. Like, oh, here we are looking good we'll still be living together we'll, we'll be living back together at that point uh, we'll see see what the future holds yeah so what's next should we talk about one of your favorite games that you've been to oh man i've been to a lot of games i know you have your display of all the tickets ticket stubs and that's impressive yeah you know i've, I've been to a lot of games and a lot of them are awesome for different reasons so my first ever game, um, I didn't go to a game until I was probably, I was 20 years old. Um, Viking fan family. No one, I mean, we didn't grow up with a ton of money. Like, it's not like we went and did those types of things. Um, so my friend Tom, which I don't know, I don't know if Tom's listening to this. He, I know he listens to some of the podcasts. I hope he is listening to this. So this year's our 10 year anniversary of our first game. And so we're going to like, we're setting up another one. We're setting up like a, we're going to go to a game together, 10 year anniversary, let's rally. Um, and by rally, because we're now all, we're both going to be in our thirties at this point. Rallying for us means just probably like talking about us working at Arby's together. Or I was going to say, are it's, you going yeah. to relive the story about telling it some fast food before the game or after Get some the game? parties. <laughs> yeah that's and that's another reason why i started this page you're gonna get me on that other tangent but yeah we were like oh we want to go dine like a local and then we ended up going to hardy's so dine um, like a local yeah yeah we dine like a local now that hardy's isn't even there anymore um but uh so that was an awesome game it was like packers versus 49ers beautiful weather it's like 40 to 50 degrees perfect weather we had 50 yard line tickets like 45 rows up um Great game, close game. Packers won. Downside, Al Harris and um, Aaron Campman both tore their ACLs, ACLs that oh, one gosh. game. And so both Tom and I are like, oh, I remember that. What do like? Do we even come to another game ever again? We're bad luck. And so we're we're leaving. This is the best part of the whole thing. We're leaving the game. Traffic all over the place. It's a nightmare. And so we have the windows down a little bit. Um, and we're waiting in line, and this drunk guy comes by. Hey, hey! And so, like, look, you want some pizza? 
and he just has like this this pizza box of pizza and it had a bunch of nasty stuff on it so i didn't have any but tom's like yeah i have a slice so he rolls down his window the guy sticks the whole box in the thing tom just grabs a slice of this pizza just thanks and just the guy's like hey no problem just keeps walking so like that's that's one of the things that will stick out to me the for the entire game. Like, see, that's another one of those interactions it, where it's not even about the game. No, it was so stupid. It's about you with your friend and that random person at the pizza. Yeah, it's so stupid. It's those memories. So dumb. So I'm excited for 10 year anniversary. That's going to be an awesome opportunity. I'm I'm hoping it comes to fruition. And um, yeah, it's been a long time since Tom and I hung out, so it'll be awesome. Be special. Um, but favorite game I've ever attended. I don't think I have just one. Um, some that come to mind. 2010 season, I went to seven games that year. One that I really enjoyed was the, <laughs> the Packers versus Vikings in Minnesota. So the night before, I get a phone call from a friend. Hey, do you want to go to the game tomorrow? And I said, well, how much? I got, I, I, there's someone here at the bar selling three tickets for $90. And I was like, $90 a piece? No, $90. And I was like, are they real? And she goes, yeah, they said that they were, they're supposed to go to the game tomorrow. They're driving tonight and they hit a bear and now their vehicles totaled. So they're just trying to scrap and get whatever they can. And I was like, yeah, I'll take them. So my brother, who's a big Vikings fan, um, and his friend and I ended up going to the game. 30 bucks a piece. Yeah, last row of the Metrodome. Literally the last row. There was no one behind us. Um, we didn't give a shit. I got to see Brett Favre play first time in my life in yeah. person. Yeah. Um, these Vikings fans were all talking. A lot of smack. You know, it's they're a year removed from being in the NFC Championship. We barely beat them in Green Bay. Like, we're in their turf now. Like, it's going to, you know, they're all, like, you know, talking mad shit. And if you remember, the game was a blowout. The Packers dominated. Big difference compared to the year before in Minnesota. Yeah. Where, where Brett was just Brett killed fire. us both games. Yeah. But this year, it was just different. So, it was, like, second quarter. The Packers were really extending out. Jennings had a hell of a game, right? Huge game. Yep. And James Jones had that crazy, yes. crazy catch. Yep. So Jordan, the guy that was with us, is a big guy. He's probably like 6'4", 6'5", and he was, he's big all around. And the Viking fans in front of us that were like kind of shit-talking, Jordan takes the game day pamphlet, because they give everyone game days there, unlike Lambeau Field where you have to buy it, but they put them on the seats. Everyone gets game day. So he takes this game day pamphlet, and he starts doing the Vikings horn every time like the Packers do something. Like it's a blow at this point. Just like, just like all to them because everyone knows how obnoxious that horn is yeah the worst and they go to turn around to say something they see how like how big jordan is and they just basically turn back around yeah and they ended up leaving in like the third quarter and like jordan and i were just like you know just celebrating and then my brother is just sulking and then the to really top it off like a week later two weeks later the dome collapsed from all the snow that was the year yeah and then Minnesota had to play at University of Minnesota. Yep. Yeah, so that was that was the year um, until they patched it up or got it fixed or what what have you. But um, so like that just brought it like inner peace to me. So I really like that game. 
Um, and then that year, week 17, Packers versus Bears, win, win and get in. I went to that game with my friend Natalie, and it wasn't a high-scoring game. I think the final was 10-3. to 3. Yep, I believe so. Um, no offense. It was so cold. That was probably the coldest I've ever been at a game. I remember, I think someone on Twitter recently, some someone asked a player, you know, what's the coldest game you've played in? And I can't remember the player, but yeah, it was that game. That was the only game I actually went inside during halftime because we're in the outdoor club seats. I yeah. went inside to warm up because like I couldn't feel my feet. It was bad. That was bad. Um, but what really stands out is Nick Collins' interception, Dagger, and the crowd just went electric. And going outside and just that electric, I haven't felt anything like it since. And I've been to playoff games. Like The cl- crowd was electric. Like We just beat the number one seed. No, number two seed. Yeah. Atlanta was number one, right? Yep. To squeak into the playoffs, now anything can happen. And looking back on it, I think it's just that much more exciting knowing the outcome. We snuck in. We beat the Eagles, the Falcons, the Bears, Steelers, Super Bowl champs. So that one was really awesome. And I've seen a lot of awesome ones since. Um Packers Bears 2014 when Raj threw six touchdowns in the first half. I was there too. That yeah. was, and then uh, he didn't even play a second half. No, I think he played one series. One series, and, and then it was done. I think they were really moving the ball and yeah. they didn't score, and they pulled him. Yep. If they would let him play that whole game, he would have scored ten touchdowns. Yeah. And then um, uh, the Packers Giants game, playoff game, my first playoff game. I got to go with my girlfriend, which was really cool. It was our first game together. I got free tickets for my work, and then it was the Hail Mary game where Rod threw it to Cobb. Cobb. Yeah, so that was that, that was, was a, a cool playoff game. Yeah, it was too. Yep, because yep. the offense sucked that first series mm-hmm. or that first half, and then that Cobb Hail Mary like deflated them completely. It was almost like. It went full circle like 2011 Giants. They did a Hail Mary on us before halftime. And then you're like, it def- that was just kind of the opposite route. You know, and obviously we didn't go on to win the Super Bowl like they did. But yeah, so those are some of my favorite games. Well, shared some great stories. That's been fun, man. Great memories. I think we could probably do like, we could have probably did eight of these in a row. No problem. Yeah, if we really sat down and thought about all the different stories we had beforehand, mm-hmm. you could crank out a bunch of these podcasts. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure you and I combined could just because we're just kind of spitfiring here and just whatever comes to mind. Yeah, it was kind of a last second thrown together, testing the new camera, seeing the new uh, new new thing. So, um, just kind of talk about what I got planned in the future a little bit. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but that's not uh, in the script, though. I don't know if we can. Do that. <laughs> Fuck the script. Um, so at, at my house, I'm going to have an office where I'm going to have more setup. Or if I want to do podcasts in this sense, um, I have some other videos that I'm planning. It's going to be a lot more YouTube is where I'm looking to go, which is why I bought this camera. Um, just try to put out more content like this. Get more people involved. If, you know someone wants to come over and I trust them enough to come over and do a podcast. I know I've, I've met a lot of awesome people. So if anyone wants to come over and just bullshit and do another podcast, I don't think I'm going to do solely Packers related podcasts just because I feel like it's such a dominated market. 
Um, but I, I think I'm going to just do a random podcast and have a random conversation and see where it goes because I think you can get a lot of value from talking to people and just seeing where things go. So obviously it's all very raw right now and very like tip of the iceberg, high level thinking. Um, as, as I move and transition and get ready and, and figure out where I'm at, um, obviously that'll change too. So I'll, I'll hammer out more details, but definitely more to come this year, which is pretty exciting. Um, obviously not this podcast, but you know, on to the next one. I know you can't tailor your podcast to what everyone on your page may want or may request of you, but I think it'd be interesting to see what other people may want from mm-hmm. you as in regards to a podcast. I know we've talked about recapping games if I were to move back here yeah. and I think um I think those would go really well. Yeah, I don't know if those would be podcasts necessarily. Those to me I think those are more just like video content where the Friday before if we really want to we could just talk about the game. The Monday after or Tuesday after we can talk about the results of the previous game where I wouldn't put those on like SoundCloud. I wouldn't put those on iTunes. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of something like, yeah, we can talk about Packers football. We could talk about other football. We could talk about anything under the sun if we really want to. We could talk about saunas up in the UP. Sauna. Saunas up in the UP. You know, we, we could talk about whatever we wanted. Um, and I think that would be more authentic you know, there's a podcast I listen to a fair amount, Joe Rogan Experience, where he has guests on and they just kind of go where the conversation goes. And it's usually pretty interesting stuff. You get into some some deep thought stuff and um, some people will like it, some people won't. And so we'll see. Nothing set in stone. I'll continue to keep pivoting where I see fit. You know, who knows? Maybe Maybe one day in the future, if I get a bigger following on here and... Um, there's, I get enough demand and I can find more stories to do. Maybe I knock out another 50 of these in the future. Who knows? We'll see where it goes. But right now I'm just excited to do something different and try a new new endeavor. Exciting. Yeah. See what comes of it. Yeah. Well, I think it's time for some uh, thought-provoking questions to end this sucker. Yeah. Keeping it on pace. So I think I have a couple good ones. Okay. And the first one is going to be this. And I don't think you've ever asked anyone something quite like this because we like your hypotheticals, Ben. We, <laughs> I know when we, when I was living here, we would just kind of go down these rabbit holes of hypotheticals. When we go to Lambo, we talk about, oh yeah, Rogers is going to come out and yeah, throw us a dime. Yeah. And all this crazy stuff that will never happen. But I think this is a good hypothetical and this is what I've missed the most. I think living here, I know we text sometimes and, and Snapchat and stuff like that, but Say you are a professional football player. Oh, I have the talent for it. So You have the skill this set. Is, this isn't the, far off. You have the body. You have the mind. <laughs> if you could put yourself on any Packers team. And I and here's the thing, Ben. I don't care if you were a a good player, if you were a star performer, yeah. third string, whatever. What team would you want to be on? and to live through to experience the full season it's a really good question i would say what of one of lombardi's packers 
And and it's not because of the success that they have in the season or the championship, but because of his coaching and him hammering home so much, so many of those people went off to be successful on their own outside of football. Um, you know, Jerry Kramer, author, um, Fuzzy Thurston, entrepreneur, Max McGee, entrepreneur, Paul Horning did a bunch of stuff. Um, Willie Davis did a lot of stuff. I mean, all of these people went on to become millionaires in an era where you didn't make millions of dollars playing the game. And so it's because Coach Lombardi taught them the right mindset to have and winners never quit. And once you quit, it's a, a habit and the, you can go through all of these things and, um, you know, what the man on top of the mountain wasn't placed there, you know? Mm-hmm. So these, these habits and these mindset that Lombardi set, I think would make that answer. that be my answer just because he's going to set you up for life for success. So you'd uh, be on the team at training camp and get your ass handed. Oh to you. yeah. I would hate every second of it. I bet. But I think just like all the players that went through it, mm-hmm. you come out in the end a better person, and yeah. you have you have that experience that you could never replace. Yeah. What do you think of that question? That, that was, was pretty good. good. That was good. I'm, I'm I wish I would have had that one for previous. It episodes. just came to me. I wish I would have had it. Okay. Question number two. Yeah. We're gonna stick on the hypothetical. Uh, well, we're pros at them. Yeah, we're gonna stick on the hypothetical. So. Say you are the general manager of the Packers in, let's say, 2008. Or let's say you're a big influencer. 2008. 2008 through 2018. Okay. Okay. 10-year stretch. Okay. I have no idea where you're going with this one, but... You're intrigued, though. Yeah. I think everyone who may be watching is intrigued. All three listeners. If there was one move that you could make or make sure would happen during that 10-year stretch, whether it's signing a free agent, re-signing a player, something like that, Mm -hmm. what would be, I guess, one move or one player or whatever, um, or maybe even draft-wise, a player that the Packers didn't draft that we could have drafted, what do you think would be something that you would have done differently. There, there's a laundry list, I think, there. But it's all easy now to be like, it is. well, I would have taken, you know, um, Hopkins instead of Dayton Joe. The one thing at the time that I was sure of is that they should have re-signed Colin Jenkins heading into 2011. That's the one thing I wanted them to do. Because Colin Jenkins was such a force for us on that pass rush and you lost part of that when you lose that pass rush then your corners and safeties get worse and our defense in 2010 went from being one of the top to in 2011 being the worst in nfl and i don't think it's any question that colin jenkins was a big part of that so as much as we could talk about like, oh, instead of drafting this guy, I would have rather taken this guy because I can see now that that person's a pro bowler and ours wasn't, I think that's the answer I'd go with. That's interesting. I mean, Colin Jenkins, looking back, especially 2010, I mean, he was in his prime. Mm-hmm. He was a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And he was getting older too. So I understand maybe Ted Thompson's like, hey, 
He's going to want a long-term contract coming off of this. I don't feel comfortable giving him a long-term contract. But at the same time, it's tough because you lose that pass rush and we didn't add anyone to replace it. Okay, well, now you just got worse. And that's not a knock on Ted Thompson. I I personally am a big Ted Thompson person because I'm a homer and I appreciate everything he's done. But he was really conservative. So, Where did Cullen end up going then? Was it the Eagles? I couldn't remember if he went to the Eagles before or after. New York? Did he go to New York at some point in time too? I think so. I think he jumped around a little bit afterwards. I don't think he ever did a ton. But sometimes guys fit in certain schemes better than others. So Absolutely. You know, and I think I think a Super Bowl success often makes teams worse. There's guys that are hungry that are no longer hungry. They they've been on top of the mountain. You know, and I think Mike McCarthy's probably a product of that. You know, we saw it this year where it's just like the message gets stale. What do you do? What do you do when you've been there? What do you do when you've won it all? Yeah, you want to do it again. You've done it. You want to do it again, but you're not as hungry. You know, you hear that all the time from people that once they make a ton of money or once they achieve that goal, that they realize that maybe the goal was different than, or maybe they want something different than what they actually have or, you know, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's all good. It's getting late. I'm getting tired. I'm rambling. No, I'm not saying to hurry up or anything. No, I think I have one more question and this isn't more hypothetical but it's future thinking okay so this is it this is probably this is the last question last question ever ever (laughs) so mark murphy yeah came in packers won a super bowl in 2010 Mm -hmm. aaron Rodgers, good on is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in the nfl Mm mm-hmm this year, fires Mike McCarthy, hires Matt LeFleur to take over the team. Title Town District, that's something that he really led. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how Matt's tenure as a Packers coach goes, the rest of Rogers' career, how do you think Mark Murphy will really be remembered do you think no matter how i guess good or bad the packers are for say the next five to six years the title town district and what that may be or it may not be Mm -hmm. i guess the success of that do you think that is gonna i guess really be a big influencer on like his legacy That's a really loaded and yeah. kind of drawn out question. I, I, it's a good question though. It makes me think about the future of Green Bay. Yeah, I think it depends on how his career ends here, because I think that's really how. Like everyone hates on Mike McCarthy. Everyone hates on Dom Capers. Everyone hates on Ted Thompson. I remember a period where people are like, Dom Capers might leave this team. Ted Thompson might leave this team. And they were, like, worried about it. So I think it's how he ends. Now, he's not in a good light for a lot of fans right now. A lot of fans don't like Mark Murphy. And understandably so, a lot of people think he's focused too much on these other areas rather than the Packers. Mark's trying to set this team up for success long after him. Mm -hmm. 
a title town district, a cheap place to bring your family, which is then going to turn into revenue for the Packers. That's setting your team up for success. You have the money to do it now. You can't do a stock sale to do it because it part of the NFL rules. I don't think they'll allow it because it's not directly the Into football. Into the stadium. Yeah. Or the operations. He has the money. Not only that, but like Microsoft's getting involved. Title Tone Tech. Like Green Bay is going to be a place where people can get investments into their business for tech. Like this goes beyond the Packers. This goes, but like this makes Green Bay a much more serious city for a lot of people. A lot of people already think Green Bay is a joke. Like, oh yeah, of course you sell out every game. There's nothing else to do in Green Bay. Well, you start doing this and, and bringing more to Green Bay and now it starts being more of a serious city. Maybe not to a lot of people, but it's going to get people in Green Bay. It's going to get people going to Green Bay who live half hour away and they're going to come over because that football field's free or the playground's free or sledding hills cheap or ice skating's cheap they have all these other games you know you can walk around and and enjoy outside for free um and one thing i'll say that not a lot of people give credit for is handling the brett Favre divorce now a lot of that was ted thompson but he was a new president that was his first year handling that divorce whether he did it the right way or not is is up for debate but he handled it. You know, they, they lived through it. And honestly, they came out looking better after it was all said and done. So I people, guess, people are going to hate them. People are going to love them. It all just depends. I guess I probably worded the question a little wrong in regards to, I guess I didn't want it Mark Murphy focus, but the future of Green Bay. Oh. And you know what I like mean? Like tied to the t- Titletown district? T- and I mean, t- because of Mark Murphy yeah. and the Titletown district, no matter how the Packers perform, you know, the next five years, 10 years, I guess who really cares too much about Mark Murphy's legacy, but gotcha. the future of Green Bay, if the Packers are good or bad based off of. So I kind of shotgunned that. it though. You did. Right? I did a spread. I just no, covered all and that answers. got me thinking more. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I think that's great for the future of Green Bay. Um, you and I went out there the one day to check out the field, throwing around the ball, and some 12, 14-year-olds come up and ask if we want to play flag football. And there's a sense of community there now. You know, kids are out there playing with each other and throwing, you know. I was getting torched by a 14-year-old who was taller than me and faster than me, you know. And, and then every, like, Wednesday, there's, like, a rugby league. or So, like, it, you know, for the future of Green Bay, to not only have that community spot where you feel safe everyone can go and hang out and have fun and then now there's big businesses and apartments and and it's really going to be turning into something crazy i'm excited to see but it's going to help green bay blossom more and and grow i'm excited for the uh i don't know the angel investors to be investing in tech companies in green bay who knows maybe green bay could boom as a tech industry now rather than a blue collar industry I mean, look back in the 1950s and 60s, no one ever would have thought it'd be where it is now. So yeah. it's curi- I'm curious to see where things will be 5, 10, 20, 50 years down the road. Did you hear about the guy with the the titletowntech.com mm-hmm. domain? Some guy had the titletowntech.com domain. He bought it not long ago, wasn't doing much with it. 
and the Packers tried buying it. They offered him like five grand for it, which is a great price for a domain you bought for $12 and you're not doing anything with. And he found out it was the Packers that were trying to buy it. And then he wanted like, he countered with like season tickets for the rest of his life for this many seats and this amount of money and something like outrageous, like insane. And so then the Packers lawyers basically just put up a good case why much like a celebrity can, but why they deserve that domain. Mm -hmm. And the judge awarded it to the Packers, basically just took it straight from them. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Poor guy. I'm sure the guy who owned it. I mean, I'd be pissed if I bought it and I owned it. But then at the same time, I went, if I'm negotiating, I wouldn't go from $5,000 to now wanting a million dollars worth of stuff. So it is what it is. It is what it is. Well, I'm excited to see what's in store for this upcoming season. Just like any season, I think um, you just never know, right? Yeah, you never know. The the mystery of Lambeau Field, the mystery of... The magic of Lambeau Field. The magic, yeah. I messed up. Well, yeah. It's getting late. And you can't even ask any more questions. I can't you already, because I already, already said it's the last up. one. Yeah. So I think with that, we have to give a Go Pack Go. And go Pack Go. I do want to say, if anyone is watching this still, because um, I'm sure I'm going to split it up into do two episodes with this, but if anyone is watching this and you email me, thegreenbayguy at gmail.com, email me what you think of the video setup um, or doing video podcasts if you watched it. If you didn't, just email me that you listened to the whole story. Give me some feedback if you would. If you do that, I'm going to do a drawing or a giveaway of some sort. I don't know what it is yet, but I will enter you in, um, whether it's a Packers DVD or a book or signed item or something. So if you are listening and still listening and, and listen to the whole thing, just shoot me an email and let me know. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. And that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode and for the podcast. Um, episode 50 is in the books. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart so much for taking the time to listen. Whether you've listened to one or all 50 episodes, really, I can't thank you all enough. Um, it's, it's incredible. It's hard to explain. It's hard to put into words how awesome it is to know that people listen to something that you've worked so hard to put together. Uh, when someone randomly messages me that I didn't even know, listen to my podcast, that they like X, Y, or Z about the podcast. It's incredible. So thank you all, really. Um, and this podcast wouldn't have been anything without any of the guests that were on. So thank you to all of the guests that we had on. So many, too many to name, but thank you all for taking the time. Um, truly speechless. It's it's incredible. Um, if you haven't done so yet to make sure you're keeping up with future projects, go and like my Facebook page, follow on Instagram, follow on Twitter, uh, add me on Snapchat, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, it's the Green Bay Guy for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and the GB Guy on Snapchat. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really don't know what to say to end off on this last one, but thank you all. Um, if you listened throughout the entire episode and you're still listening, just make sure you enter in that giveaway. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to try to do something awesome just because I, I appreciate every one of you. 
So until next time, until the next project, until we talk next, go pack, go. Thank you.